Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. That's six more. That's beautifully timed. He absolutely pummeled it. Bears and Izzy are talking cricket. Thanks to Razine, New Zealand's most trusted paint brand for the past 10 years. Yes, they are. Razine Colour Shops are your paint staying colour and decorating experts. And on the line now, we've got our good skip, the one and only Baz McCullum out of India as his IPL campaign with Kolkata Knight Riders starts to kick into gear. G'day, Bazza. Yeah, boy. What's happening, team? Everyone going okay over there? Sorry about the beeping of the horns in the background in downtown Mumbai. <laughs> Mate, going okay. We're flying, mate. You'd be- you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe it. Hey, hey, Kempsey, I hear yesterday. you turned up on time today. Oh, mate, <laughs> tell me about it. Is he set me up? Is he set me up? Nine months, Baz. You know how I was paying a dollar fifty. Kempsey was paying five bucks, yeah. and he walks in at twenty past. I'm loving it. Charlie, mate, I, I've been carrying these though. pelicans for, since Christmas time, Baz. So I needed a, I needed a morning off, brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure Smitty was all over it because he had short odds for New Year's as well. But so, oh, mate, and I was like, and I was like paying ten bucks, mate. Blakes were just they were they were going to the TAB with trailers. <laughs> oh yeah, it was good fun, bro. It was good fun. Bez, uh, how you going, brother? Uh, how you going? Well, what's happening over in India? When when do you kick into it? Yeah, I'm good, bro. Yeah, I'm good actually. Just um, you know, sticking away with the camp and. Sort of everyone, um, all the international boys start rolling in. All the young boys have been here for as long as us coaches have, um, but all the big boys start rocking in sort of each day at the moment. And it's good. We've got some nice young talent. Um, oh, you can't guarantee anything in the competition, right? But I think, you know, we've got, we've got enough to be able to to, uh, to enter the tournament with some pretty decent hope anyway. So looking forward to it, mate. We're uh, getting our first games against Slim's team on the 26th. So that should be uh, should be good fun, and it'd be nice to try and get one over the old dog, Flemo. Yeah. yeah, beautiful, mate. And f- and just tell me, Bez, what um, what do you think this year with some young blokes coming in? Is there anyone that stands out for you? 
Yeah, look, Kempi, we have got some good players. We spent quite a lot of money on trying to retain um, some of the guys who have done well for us previously, and, and that, that wasn't that easy because, you know, everyone kind of did us up, so it meant that we had to go to the wall for a fair few of them. But, you know, I think that gives us a, a good chance. Um, there's a guy, uh, Shivan Marvi, who, um, who played for us last year, a good young fella who will get his opportunity early in this campaign as well. I think he's a guy who's got a tremendous future and. And our captain, uh, Shreyas Iyer, um, he's a new recruit. We spent about two and a half million uh, picking him up as well. And he is a, a wonderful human being and, and an outstanding player. And I think he's ready to explode on the on the big stage too. So hopefully he has a big season for us. Mate, Bez, how have you, um, how have you approached this season, mate? I know last year was a bit of a destructive one. You know, you went over, the COVID hits, you had to come back. But when you went over last year, it was a pretty tough start, you know. You weren't able to get the momentum you would you would have liked. But then you come home and you go back over and you start getting a roll on. So, how have you approached uh, this camp leading into the first game come come on twenty sixth of March? Yeah, it's a good question though, because you know, like as um, last year we we kind of we set up this high performance structure and I sort of thought we did everything right, and and then halfway through the tournament before it got um, called called off for COVID, um, we were sitting almost stone motherless last. So it, was, it gave us a chance to reflect and say, you know what, like the high performance setups and process and routine is not everything, and and you know trying to create a professional environment is not necessarily the right thing for every environment. And we actually stripped everything out, mate. So it took away all the meetings, took away all the all the pressure of of uh, having to do what seems to be right for other people, and just tried to get the guys together and spend time together and have fun and strip away a lot of the, the pressures which come with international sport anyway. And look, we, we had a great time. And funnily enough, you know, the guys played some really positive and, and aggressive cricket and, and we were able to get some games going. So all our message has been this time around is always spend a lot of time together. And, and when we when we get the opportunity to play out there, um, we're going to try and play that same sort of positive uh, brand of cricket. So there's no guarantees, but... That's, that's a pretty simple message we've been trying to deliver anyway. Hey, Bez. Yeah. Bez, we've been talking a lot about um, coaches and themes. You know, we, we try to get it out of the Crusaders when they played the Chiefs last week and the and the White Ferns over here when they're going up against South Africa and England. And, and they're, they're not giving um, too much away. But what about yourself, mate? Young coach in the game and got all these young blokes in there and all these legends playing around you. What's your theme, son? What's your theme? Like, what are you actually going to go out there and win the win this competition? What are you driving home? Is it like the the graveyard? Just tell me, mate. Is it something like that? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not, actually. It's just uh, sort of don't just have a crack, lads, you know? Like, just go out there and try and take them on and, and just, you know, don't, don't um, pretty much... Just, just get together and do the absolute best you can to uh, to enjoy yourselves. There's so much pressure in this game. There's so many expectations. And just have a go. If in doubt, take the aggressive option and, and we'll see where we land. Either way, I'm going to be there to pick the boys up. Loyalty sick to me. And and, uh, and as a coach, you know, Stephen Fleming's my kind of mentor and, and great friend. And, and he's been in the game over here a long period of time. And, and they're, the, they're the kind of traits which has served him well. So I'll just follow the old old Jedi Master Flemo and try and roll out <laughs> a younger uh, a younger younger example of it, you know. I like that I like that theme, mate. Star Wars, return <laughs> return of the bears. I like it. <laughs> hey Bears, talking of the return oh, of the bears, 
Have you shown um have you shown the boys the black clash footage? And have you got on the nets and started churning them up yet or what? Well, funny enough is I didn't need to show them. They already they had already seen it and they were like, Are you, are you coming back? Are you gonna are you gonna have a game for us? And absolutely no chance. It's one thing trying to take on a broken down bondy, but uh certainly won't be trying to take on these boys. <laughs> but yeah, it's good. It's good, mate. We still it's the good thing is, you know, we play like football amongst all the group and that, and you still have an opportunity to tell them up every now and then, you know. So you get your six there, you don't need to do it on the cricket field. Hey, Baz, what about the White Ferns, mate? What do you what do you think about that? Has it been like you're watching it from over there? Has it been a disappointment disappointment to you? Uh, um, <laughs> look, where do, where do you I, I start? Think there's been a lot of. Well, look, I, I think there's quite a lot of. Um, bad publicity about it probably and look I, I don't know um, if you look at an isolation into the tournament I think the ritual was pretty average okay? I think I'd mentioned that at some stage with the amount of talent that they got they're going to have to transition as a result um, they haven't really done that there's clearly a couple of things which needed rectified I actually think they've been quite good campaign and they didn't win the big moments and hence they're going to miss out on the semi-finals but I feel sorry for the girls but I know Sophie and Susie and Katie, for instance, and, and I feel really sorry for them because I've got a, an outstanding team. They just weren't able to get across the line in key moments. But just it's such a missed opportunity, you know, World Cup at home. And, yeah, look, they'll, they'll be hurting hugely. And hopefully this is an opportunity for them to be able to strip back a few things and say, right, how do we how do we get a little bit better and how do we become a little bit more consistent in, in the, on the big stage? Because I've certainly got the talent. Um, but, yeah, it must be disappointing. And, and I feel for them a little bit. Yeah, yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same man. I was bloody gutted when they uh, when they lost those last couple. But hey, mathematical chance, and we saw Pakistan and Bangladesh yesterday. But hey, she's a long way away. But before we let you go, I've got one more question, and Louis going to ask you another one. Um, golf, mate. You've been getting out there on the course and having a wee whack. You got the sticks out yet, or a bit hard over in India? You can't really get out and, and have a wee whack over there. Oh, brother. I'm standing at the moment. I'm out on the uh, like the rooftop area of our hotel. So we're in the so we can't do really anything other than stick around our group. Um, I'm looking down, and I reckon there's the, the population of New Zealand cover the two streets, which I'm looking at at the moment, <laughs> from left to right, down, down there in the middle, in, in Mumbai. And I'm thinking, I can't see a golf course. I can see a racetrack, though. So there's a racetrack that's not far away. I can't see a golf course, and even if I could, it's rocking hot, and I'm sure there's that many people on the course. So I might give it a, I might give it a wide berth for the next couple of months. We've got a golf simulator in the team room though, so I'll try and, oh, try and wow. take some of the Aussie boys' cash when I get the opportunity. Take some of Southie's cash maybe as that, well when he gets out of his isolation. That's so good to hear that there's a local track there, Baz. Hey, actually, that kind of is where I was going with this last one, um, but we can't. I don't think we can let this opportunity slide by. Uh, without really sending him on his way. Jamie Richards is winding up here, Baz. You know him well. Met him at a local, uh, just a great young guy from down Otago way. He's cleaned up the last group one day here, Oaks and Livin Classic. I know you'll have some thoughts on this, but you know he's he's heading off after dominating the, like, the racing scene in New Zealand for the last five years, kind of like unparalleled, like Scott Robertson kind of success. Is there anything you'd just like to say and try to quantify what he's done and, and how 
you know, much of an ambassador he's been for New Zealand racing before he heads up to Hong Kong? Uh, well, not in a short period of time, I don't think, to sum it up. I think probably the greatest compliment will be um, it will be over the coming months and the coming years. And look, Mark Walker is a tremendous trainer, absolutely outstanding. Um, but, you know, Jamie, for such a young guy and, and his work ethic and his tenacity to just become one of the best um, is, is quite phenomenal. And, you know, a little fella from... Uh, from Wingatui, a little fella, uh, fella from Moscow, he's going to take on the world, and I wish him all the very best. I know he's slightly apprehensive about the challenge which is in front of him, but he'll he'll be fantastic, and he'll he'll do great over there. But we're really going to miss him, and that the impact of that, you know, it's like any great sports people, I guess, but you don't know until they're gone, and you don't really sometimes appreciate until they're gone just how big a void kind of even, you know, it will be the testament to the impact that Jamie Richards had on our racing industry. So we wish him well. I'll try and swing by Hong Kong at some stage and catch up with him on things as well, but I'm sure he'll do fantastic yeah, over there. And I'm sure there's a few trainers, a few trainers in New Zealand. Yeah, that's up. Is. <laughs> we'll be in 1A and 1B sitting next to each other having a couple of quiet sort of couple of quiet beverages. <laughs> Kent, we'll hear you in there as well, brother. You can go there. Louis, we might as well Mate, I'm quite, happy, I'm quite happy, Baz, um, to sit in cattle class. I'm quite happy to sit in cattle <laughs> class. You just you just win enough games, mate, get those bonuses, because you need to bring back a big brown paper bag to pay Ruben, mate, to get me out of that seat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, we don't do cattle class anymore, Kent. <laughs> those days are over. <laughs> No, uh, nah, brilliant. All right, lads. Fantastic. Well, thanks thanks for catching up with us, Bears, brother. We miss you. We wish you all the best over the next couple of weeks. And uh, thanks for the wee update. And make sure you send that invoice for this phone bill back to uh, <laughs> Louis and the team. And they get that paid to your bank. Sorry, yeah, we've been on here for about 20, and I think it's about 20 bucks a minute. So, yeah, it's a, weird, it's a fair few, but that's all right, mate. All the best, day, eh? And we'll catch up soon. Bears and Izzy. Yeah, good to chat to Baz McCullum, our skip of the show. He's doing, uh, he's up and about over in India and um, preparing. Takes on the Chennai Super Kings in a couple of days. Takes on Stephen Fleming and uh, yeah, awesome to get a wee update and have we chat about the the White Ferns and hearing his conversations and yeah, he was right, mate. They'll be absolutely gutted, the girls. And uh, he talks about opportunities and when you're at a World Cup, you get limited amount of opportunities and you have to take them. And uh, unfortunately, our girls, they'll be ruined, missed opportunities. And uh, a lot of what-ifs will be going through their minds as of late. And um, it'll be something for their lifetimes. A lot of the a lot of the older girls in there, I know Katie Martin, she's been in there since 2003 or four, something like that. Um, this was her time to maybe send up, uh, finish her stellar career on a high. Uh, but it wasn't meant to be. Look, there is a mathematical chance, but... Yeah, it's going to be pretty touch and go. But um, great to chat to Baz McCullum and uh, his little shout-out to Jamie Richards as well before he heads off to Hong Kong. Um, yeah, that was an awesome wee interview with our man, Skipper Baz. Um, coming up, anyway, we're going to talk some Warriors because I've just picked their side. Cody Nikarima is back in the squad, and, well, we love it when Kempi's on fire. And, well, today he's at about 50 degrees because the studio... Is really, really hot, so maybe we'll get his comments on the latest Warriors team when they have take on the West Tigers this weekend with the West Tigers. Well, 
Most of them were in the casa till middle of the night. I'm not surprised they got a hiding by the Newcastle Knights. Anyway, two teams, two uh, teams that have their backs against the wall, and it's going to be an interesting match. Anyway, we'll come come back and talk a bit of Warriors. Thanks to the McCafe. Try the delicious new McCafe coffee blend today. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Time to catch up with Dr. Mark Fulcher. As COVID numbers are still expected to climb out of Auckland for a while yet, there's a pretty good chance if you haven't already, someone in your life, maybe you, will deal with the virus over winter. It's a part of our life now, and although we would much prefer our winter to just be about club sport and supporting your teams, this year the reality is different. There are some things you'll need to know if you do get COVID though, and especially in relation to your exercising and amateur sports careers upon return. Dr. Mark Fulcher is the president of of the Australasian College of Sport and Exercise Physicians, managing director director at Axis and medical director of New Zealand football. So there's no one would rather have this conversation with is that Mark Fulcher. He's on the line now. Good morning, Mark. Morning, guys. How are you doing? We're doing very, very well, mate. I'm excited for this conversation because not only for for sports for sportsmen and sportswomen around the country, just every Joe blogs, everyday people that are dealing with this COVID situation, mate. Um, what is the what are the like when you get COVID? What what are the what are the long term effects? A long term effects from having COVID? Can we expect fatigue? How long will it linger around? And what are the things that you're going to have to deal with for for long periods of time? Yeah, well, I think I think it's important to say it's widely variable. So some people get get COVID and they never have a symptom, whereas other people are really profoundly mm. affected. The other thing that's kind of interesting is that it's a multi-system disease. So it doesn't just affect your heart or your lungs or, or your brain. It can affect lots of people differently. So um, kind of what you might do around physical activity and exercise depends a lot on which which systems, which part of your body you're affected, and how badly you've got it. Mm. Um, so there's probably not one um, a one-size-fits-all for everybody. But one of the things to keep in mind is there's a distinction between physical activity and exercise. It's almost always okay to be active, to, to get out and have a walk, to do stuff around the house, uh, as opposed to organized exercise where you're going out to the gym to play football, to play tennis, something like that. So um, I think a key message is try to remain as active as you're able, as your symptoms allow. Um, but you do yeah. probably want to think about organised sport, exercise, and and be guided a bit by how you're feeling. What about the expectations on our elite athletes around the world and around our country? We're seeing with the Super Rugby sides, um, they're coming back from COVID, and they've pr- pretty much only been, uh, you know, isolating for a week, and they've got to come back and play, a, you know, professional sport at the highest level. Um, you know, how how are these athletes going to be able to do their job? Will they be struggling? Will they be struggling to, to do this? And, and you know, when they've been forced because some, there's no really upper, other opportunity or no depth in the squad? Yeah, I mean, some will, for sure. I mean, I, I think it's really important to understand that for a lot of people, um, because they've been vaccinated, um, because potentially Omicron is not quite as um, serious a condition, you know, mm. you've heard probably that, um, a lot of people are having what is like a, a viral illness that they might have experienced many times before. And so um, that might knock them around for a day or two and then they're able to start getting back going. There are a bunch of players, though, that uh, have more lingering effects. Uh, as for some people, mm. it's fatigue. 
Um, and I think that is going to have a big impact on performance, and it's not something that you're able to train through. Um, one of the things that's been the biggest concern for the sports medicine community over the past two years is the impact that COVID can have on your heart. Um, and there's a condition called myocarditis, um, which can lead to some significant heart problems. Um, and the challenge with elite athletes is we're always trying to cut corners and try and push people faster. Um, and so you're trying to get people back to play quicker. You're trying to get people back to training quicker. And it's about making sure that you're doing that safely. And so elite athletes and, and you know the, the super rugby players and, and netballers who are in season at the moment, um, are likely having um, more tests, so cardiac screening, things like ECGs and echocardiograms, to look at the activity and structure of their heart to make sure that everything's okay there, um, and to kind of reassure us that that we're um, as safe as we can to to push them back to sport, um, I guess quicker than, than maybe the general population because they're in that supervised environment. Hey, Mark, it's Kempe here. Nice to have you on the show this morning. Just um, can you give us like. Um, your take on vaccinated and unvaccinated in sports and if there's say 90% of us vaccinated, what benefit is that to the uh, to the sports person? Uh, this is um, a big conversation that I'm not sure we're going to get over in the, the next few minutes but <laughs> I'm, I'm 100% pro-vaccination um, I think if we wind the clock back two years ago, uh, people w- were dying, it was a very significant disease and I think the reason that we're um, kind of in the situation we are right now where um, we're starting to open up, we're starting to talk about COVID like it's no big deal, like it's the cold. I think that's because the vast majority of us are vaccinated. We're entering, I think, a really interesting time where probably it doesn't matter uh, to some extent that there are a few of us that are not vaccinated. But make no mistake, the reason that it doesn't matter is because the majority of us are vaccinated. So um, I think the next few months are going to be really interesting. It'll be really interesting um, in community sport what happens to players and, uh, and officials that are not vaccinated, how they're welcomed back into the sport, um, and just how effectively winter sport runs this year, given that we are likely to see more infections during winter because people are spending more time to get inside, um, and just what level of disruption we're going to see. But I, I guess my, my key take home is I, I think everyone should be vaccinated. I think it makes a material difference to uh, the, the population. But you know, thinking with a sports hat on, it just makes it much more likely that we're all able to get back to kids' sport on the weekend, recreational football, getting into super rugby stadiums. Um, I think if, if you are a sports fan and you want to get out there, then um, my advice is, is, is be vaccinated, get vaccinated. But probably we're entering a time where it doesn't matter so much that not everyone is vaccinated, if you know what I mean. Mm. Can you just tell us, um, just quickly before we let you go, winter, what are what should we expect coming this winter and what are the things we can do, not only sportsmen but everyone <laughs> around the country, what we can do to best prepare for the winter? Yeah, well, um, I think maybe flu vaccine. Um, I think flu vaccine, yep. having flu, influenza and uh, COVID, they're, they're probably going to coexist. Um, I think that um, just being mindful about the, the types of things where you might get infected, and it's probably not at sport. So, you know, being outside, playing sport, even, um, you know, being in a contact sport where you are close to each other, you're not close to each other for very long. And so the risk of transmission of illness during rugby, football, whatever it may be, is very low. But it's all the associated things. It's time in the club rooms afterwards. It's um, time in the changing rooms. So, 
your risk of, of uh, infection is all determined by the amount of time you spend with people and the environment that you spend it with. So um, if you're in a clubhouse, if you're in a changing room where it's relatively small, um, your risk is increased. So you know, basic messages that we've had, like keep the windows open, keep some doors open, keep some airflow. Um, these are all things that I think will help keep us all safe. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much for that knowledge and a little insight to what to be expected going forward into the winter. Thank you, Dr. Mark Fulcher. He is uh, Medical Director of Football New Zealand. Thank you so much, mate. Pleasure. See you guys. Sonny Bill Williams takes a step in the next phase of his life tonight when he lines up who he describes as a bully in Barry Hall. His trainer Andy Lee yesterday told us this is for real and Sonny genuinely has a shot to make a career out of this. If he comes through, well, and then we start picking picking the right opponents, um, and not not so much fighting ex ex boss stars from different different sports, start fighting real fighters and uh, stepping up. I think you know, after two years of that, I think he he'll be a contender because because of what I've seen so far. I'm people might think mm. I'm crazy on trying to um, hype hype the fight, but that's that's my genuine honest opinion. Well, one man who'll be watching with keen interest is the beast himself, Monty Beetham, who is tasked with getting Kevin Mialamu ready for a step into the fight game. Monty is on the line now, fresh off taking a class this morning. How you going, brother? How you going, Monts? Very good, brother. Thank you, Legends. Um, I'm, I'm excited as you. I can't wait for this uh, matchup tonight, man. Mate, the, the, the call from Andy Lee, Monty, do you, what are you expecting tonight from Sonny Bill? Is he, has he got the goods like Andy, Andy Lee has pointed out to us yesterday? Well, there's a, a tough challenge in front of him tonight. So if he's got the goods, he's got to dispose of uh, Barry Hall and that's uh, meant to be done rather easily. I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, it's like anything. You spend some time with Andy Lee working underneath him, but sometimes it takes two or three camps before you get it embedded, the, the skills that you yeah. need from learning from, from your coach. But I'll tell you what, um, I'm with Andy in terms of Sonny's got all the attributes. He's a wonderful student. Um, he does uh, everything well, and, he, and, he, and he's, a, he's a great learner. So I, I think um, that in time, if he does a ride and he picks his opponents, um, if he wants to, there'll be a number of uh, different associations that want to align with him, and he could uh, very much be a contender because that's the way boxing works, man. Hey, Mons, good to have you on the show, brother. Um, tell us about Barry Hall. Barry Hall, mate, what can we expect? There's all, all the conversations have been about Sonny, and that's just the way it is with such a profiled athlete, high-profiled athlete that is fighting. What, what can we expect from Barry Hall? He's no mug, eh? He just had the one pro fight. He was a, a boxing champion as a junior coming through. Um, I think it's a bit like me. He spent more time on the field boxing than actually playing um, <laughs> his coach. But, uh, look, but Barry Hall, he, he's good. Last time he fought uh, was 2019. That was his pro debut. It was against Gal. And I tell you what, he caught Gal flush many times. And the problem with him, and he's already come out and said he needs to sit down on his punches, and that's what he's been earning on. Because there was a number of punches that caught Gal cleanly and flush. And if he had landed that with a bit more weight, he could have stopped Gal, if not won. I, I think probably Barry Hall even won that fight. That was a draw between Paul Gallen and that. Paul Gallen wasn't at his best back wow. then. But um, he's no mug. And these guys are well matched. You know, there's uh, 11 kilos difference for Sonny. Uh, but in terms of same height, same uh, athletic ability, um, uh, belief, the belief in both of these guys is unreal. So I'm looking forward to it, man. Hey, Monty. Um, Andy talked about Sonny's assets yesterday. He said he's got this natural punching power. Um, he's got great coordination, but he, 
he basically said that why he's supporting why he's come down from England was because of his mental fortitude and what he's seen. You know, um, he talked a lot about Tyson Fury and how tough in the mind he is. That little that little play we saw from Barry Hall last uh, mm. last night when he headbutted uh, Sonny Bill Williams or tried to to lean into with his head. How how mentally tough or what do you think uh, Sonny Bill took out of that or what do you think Barry Hall took out of that? Yeah, don't forget when Sonny won his New Zealand title against Clarence Tillman, there was something um, which happened which was even worse. They were in the square off, they were posing up for the shots and it was live on camera and Clarence Tillman hit him with a big right hand and actually sort of stunned Sonny. Um, so he's been there before, this didn't affect him like it did mm. then. Um, and you you talked about the mental fortitude of Sonny. I, I think it's not going to do anything for him. Um, he's, he's one of those guys who have got it all in terms of physical attributes, um, the mental side, even the heart. So um, it's not going to affect Sonny. Um, and, I, and Barry Hall's the same, though. He's, he's a competitor on the other side in terms of AFL and what he's done in that sport. And his, you know, he's just come off the back of the SAS uh, program, and um, he shows a lot of mental in that as well. So th- that's why this one is an interesting proposition. Um, although the experience is on Sonny's side, he's had eight fights uh, in pro fights. Mm. Um, Barry Hall hasn't had it. But the last time Sonny fought, though, remember, he did get dropped in the second round against the cruiserweight. Uh, so Barry Hall mm. will take, uh, you know, a lot of uh, hype out of that. Yeah, nice, mate. And what do we want to see? Where do you want to see the fast improvements from Sonny from his last eight fights? I know there's been a lot of chat about his fatigue, his ability to, to get tired towards the end of the rounds. Um, where do you want to see him improve and put, put a lot of the work in with Andy Lee? Well, we won't know um, what Andy Lee's been working on with Sonny, but that's like from a coach's point of view or from a person who wants to see Sonny be successful in this going forward. It's about um, what boxes he took with Andy Lee. Because I tell you what, he's he, he's got the heart, he's got the stamina, um, he's got the experience. Like he's he's gone ten rounds, he's gone late in in, in the rounds with some some contenders over the years, which is going to be on his side against Barry Hall. Uh, but it's just him being comfortable. I, I think that temperament that mm. we've got to see. Because uh, if he wants to fight all these big guys after Barry Hall, we've got to see that tonight. We've got to see that he's far more experienced than um, Barry, so he's got to be relaxed in these situations. Because like we saw in the um, the press conference or in, in the face-off, I think we've got to expect some rough house tactics from uh, Barry Hall today. Because that's what I'd do against the more experienced man. I did against Shane Cameron. You've just got to put them off their game. Yeah, and let's hope that uh, Sonny Bill can really you know, take one home for us tonight uh, against Barry Hall. It'd be remiss of us, though, Mont, if we don't get your thoughts on the Warriors in the first two rounds. What's your take on it so far? Oh, mate, it's, it's been hard to watch. You know, there's talk from Nathan Brown over, over, over the weeks sort of saying it's all about consequence, yet there hasn't been much consequence for the side. Maybe he's saying, look, this is your last chance, and I'm going to start firing in the changes. Only one change to the team last week, and that was down to injury more than anything else. So um, uh, it's, it's a tough one, Kempe. Um, you know, we've both been there. We know it's not simple, but especially when we're from the outside, we don't understand what they're working on, on the way in as well. What, what do you think, like, if you can dig a little bit deeper, we're trying to be un, un, you know, unfolding it all week and trying to get a little bit deeper of why they haven't been able to kick on not only this year, in previous years, and we've talked about the identity and and the Pacific flair and, and have we lost that, that ability to throw the ball around and just play some razzle-dazzle, exciting league that, that we're used to with the Warriors. Like, what do you think it's come down to? Are, we, are they overcoached? Are they undercoached? Are they heading in the right direction with the right personnel, uh, leadership? What do you think it is, Mont? 
Yeah, I think it's um, consequence and understanding risk versus reward. When Kempi was the coach, Daniel Anderson, many years ago, we had a lot of conditioning games where we are under extreme fatigue yeah. and we wanted to win at all costs. But we understood that if mm. we stuffed up, there's going to be a lot of heavy penalties involved. But at the same time, we wanted to win because we wanted that bragging right. So uh, it's about these players getting it right. You know, you've got Rocket Berry getting caught with the ball on the fifth tackle uh, three times. Is that his fault or is that the game manager inside him? Um, they should have been kicking a little mm. bit early. Uh, the fact that he is trying to get that extra metre, but he ran out over the line. Uh, so those are the little things that you get with experience. Um, and sometimes you try a little bit too hard, but you know, you, you do lose a bit of identity when you come away uh, from the club, but also from a, a, a fan's point of view, uh, growing up wanting to be a warrior or support the Warriors, it's a little bit hard when you don't get down to see them every Saturday or if you watch them and they're getting bagged uh, by the dad and mum on TV as well, brother. Um, <laughs> it's a little bit hard yeah. to have those people coming through, but um, it's tough for the boys, but you know what? This is a hard competition. If you think about losing by two points, yet they did so much to self-sabotage their chances, yeah. Um, you know, you you rue those ones, you hate those ones, because I know Kempi would be pulling out his hair if he was the coach of that. Yeah, mate, and you're dead right. And you don't have a you don't you know you don't have a fierce competitor like Monty or Kempo. Um, I don't think sitting in that side that wins at all costs. You know, so hey, Mont, I know that you're um, you're just signed up as the ambassador of the club with Arwen and Jerry. I think it is um, Kenny uh, Rainsfield's just been. Put in as the chairman of the club, what's what's going on there, mate? Like, give us a, give us an insight into the back rooms. What's what's happening behind doors? Yeah, unfortunately, we we don't get a lot. It's just early stages. But from uh, an ambassador point of view, it, it's very loose. It is like um, the agreement is uh, whenever you can help out, whether that be uh, golf days or whether it be when the team comes back, would love to be involved. So it's early stages of trying to form some relationships of getting some of the old heads in there that could be an extra voice. Uh, and Campo, Campo's the other one. He's over there in Australia. So, um, you know, like I talked to Stacey um, on the odd occasion, but in terms of having anything to do with the team, we don't have a lot to do with the team uh, for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. But it's a step in the right direction in the fact that they're trying to go back to their identity. You mentioned identity, mm-hmm. Izzy, and, and, and that's a big part of this club going forward. It's a big reason to why you wear that jumper. And it was interesting when we had yeah. Jules Newman on the show the other day and when we hear these girls talk and we see them in um, Opaki, um, Super Rugby and all that, I love how they always talk about the jumper, about the mana and what it means to them because they're not mm-hmm. on the big money, man. So sometimes when you listen to yeah. these women, uh, Wahine Tour talk, you go, fuck, that's what it's about. Well, shouldn't say that. That's what it's about. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's about... Um, it's about the money and it's about the passion and it's about why you love the game and why you want to play. I just don't want to play now, boys. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Nah, you're right, bro. You're right because it, it's, it's deeper. You know, when you're playing for these unions and these franchises, there's so much history like yourself, past players, Jerry, you, um, Stacey, guys that have been there and done it and, and forged that identity of what the club is now and you should never, ever lead away from the roots of, of that hold those pillars up. And, uh, yeah, the girls have been doing it, bro, and a lot of franchises around the New Zealand that can that are doing it at the moment. Um, but quickly, before we let you go, bro, talk, tell us about your show, your show tonight on, on yes, Sky. Yes, boys. Uh, once That's a Warrior. Right. Yeah, Once a Warrior. So um, each week we're going to get um, past Warriors on the show. And Kemper, you're going to be on too, mate. Don't worry about that. You're going to be on. There'll be some great stories. <laughs> now, there's no cliches. There's insight. There's stories that have been untold. Mark Turkey's on the show tonight, so every Wednesday, Sky Sport 1, 7.30pm, and then uh, they play it again on Sky Sport 4 um, oh. at 8pm, and then throughout the week you can watch it, but, um, you know, great stuff. We had Ruben Wiki, we had Owen Goodenbill this week, we've got Mark Tukey, and next week Simon Mannering. And don't worry, Mark, uh, don't worry, we'll have Kempi on the show as well with his big chest. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Good man, Monty. Mark Tukey. Man, I used to love Mark Tukey, man. He used to run straight and hard and always get the crowd up and excited, man. I'm looking forward to that one. Monts, bro, thank you for coming on our show, brother. We really, really appreciate it. I've just got a quick text message before we let you go. How many rounds is tonight's fight, please? That is from Matt. I believe it's six rounds. Six rounds? Bang. There you go, Matt. Yep, it is six that's... rounds. How long is it going to go? What do you reckon? I don't know, man. They're two very um, strong boys. I, I, I reckon it'll probably go to six. Um, although Sonny's a bigger puncher of the two, but I, I know Barry Hall also understands that he's got to finish Sonny uh, because he's seen what, what's happened previously and he doesn't want to put it in the judge's hand. Mm. So that's why it's, it's going to be an exciting one to watch, man. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Monty Beetham. Uh, we appreciate your time on the show. Once a Warrior with Mark Tukey. That is live tonight on Sky Sport. Go and watch that, and cheers for always coming on our show and sharing your little insights, mate. Appreciate it. Cheers, Mum. Pleasure, boys. Time to talk to Mick Guerin. Hydro Flow are all geared up for the race at Cambridge Raceway, and so are we. Self-assured is representing SCNZ in our slot race, and we couldn't think of a better racehorse to do. So Mick Guerin is all things harness racing, and he's fired up for this exciting concept. He's on the line. Morning, Mick. Morning, boys. You're right, I'm pumped. I'm absolutely pumped because for the first time in a long time, first time in two years, we're going to have trans-Tasman <laughs> racing because obviously we love taking on the Aussies. It's a bit of joy, but they haven't been able to come across here for obvious reasons, and we mm. haven't been able to get across via. So that obviously ends April 12th midnight, and the good news is, of course, the race is on April the 14th at Cambridge. <laughs> So there's four Aussies coming, and we can have a good old chindig. Beautiful. Who's who's going to be like? We've got Self Assured. I've backed Self Assured in the Cup two years ago, and it got me paid. So I'm right up and about. But who are the Aussies that could potentially ruin the party? We don't want to say it, but well. There's a horse called Alter Orlando, who's a former New Zealand horse. He's coming across, and he's from the best stable in Australia. He's pretty darn good. Mm. Horse called Mark Dan. And then they have two mares who both are former New Zealand mares, so female horses in stylish Memphis and Spellbound. But here's the little problem for our boy self-assured. He's still the favourite, and he's still the horse Mm. everybody thinks will probably win. But the new horses are very, very fast off the gate. Now, that means they have rapid acceleration at the start of the race. And that's never been self-assured's real strong point. Now, People listening to this think, well, what does that mean? Doesn't the best horse win? It's a little bit like if you were playing footy and you had the best winger in the world and you thought, okay, he'll be too good. But the other team had two world champion sprinters. They were quicker than your winger, so there was a little chance they could pit him off his game by sheer speed. That's what Mark Dan Mm. and Old Orlando can do. They can get across Mm. to the front of the field and lead the race quicker than self-assured can which means he's going to need to chase them down takes him out of his comfort zone a little bit makes the race really intriguing so it's got a really cool buzz to it the aussies are absolutely loving it boys they are absolutely all over this there's promos on australian racing television i'm doing a 10 minute show over there today there's going to be a lot of interest because it also falls at a time when there's not much else going on in racing ellerslie it's closed for 18 months for a great Renault. And the Australian racing goes relatively quiet that week. So all of a sudden, we have a Thursday night before Easter. Most people are bored. 
They're looking for a bit of fun and a responsible bet, and we have this new $900,000 race. So it has fallen <laughs> together beautifully. And what they're going to do, fellas, this is a bit of class. You'll love this. They're going to, because the Australians are the visitors, they're going to get the clerk of the course to go out on the, on the track and lead the horses onto the, the track. But the Australians go first, and they follow behind the Australian boxing kangaroo flag, and they do a lap of the track, and they get announced as the Raiders and the Invaders, and they get spoken about the Aussies, and the Kiwi <laughs> horses have to wait. And then the Kiwi horses go onto the track behind a different clerk of the course with the New Zealand flag, and then they are the defenders of the New Zealand racing pride. So it's real parochial stuff. Yes. We've never seen it in New Zealand before, and I reckon, boys, it'll get people G'd up. Hey, Mick, yeah, just looking at the stats here, 38 starts, 61% win rate, 97% place rate. What are you... What are of you self-assured. Of self-assured. Yeah. What are you... Yeah. you know, every, he's, a, he's, a, he's a proper horse. And everyone he's, here loves a pump. You, look, he's 2.3, Kempi, and you can't be jumping on at 2.3 because if he draws the second line, he'll be $3.50. If he draws the front line, he might start at $1.90. But he's the clear best horse in the race, and he's won most importantly. Those winning percentages are okay, but some of those races are lead-up races. Some of those races are races where he's been off handicaps, and it's really hard to win. The big dance is he's won a New Zealand Cup and an Auckland Cup. He's won the two biggest races in New Zealand, and he's won them both. Mm. So he's the best horse in the race. So uh, our man, Hutchie, shopped, shopped well. He got the best horse, so that means people who are, <laughs> are going to be part of that competition have the best chance of winning some coin, and he has the best ever, best ever trainer in New Zealand racing history of either code. That's Mark Purden. The guy is an absolute freak. He's even better Mm. on a world scale than Jamie Richards, and I don't say that lightly. So we're in a Mm. really cool spot, but the barrier draw, which is going to be streamed live on the Saturday before the race, is going to be absolutely crucial to what odds self-assured starts at and how the race shape looks. So, gosh, there's a lot of things in play here. And I thought it might be a race where he might just turn up and dominate. But these Aussies and their different racing style and their natural early speed are going to make the race. This is Cambridge, April 14th. Really, really tricky and really interesting. We've got the best horse, but they are going to gang up on him. Mick, tell us about South Coast Arden, mate, because South Coast Arden seems to, well, he hasn't, had a, he hasn't been locked in until, I think, has he maybe just been locked in, or he's going to obviously run, but this seems to be the threat and the one that's been pushing self-assured recently and looks like it has a bunch of upside. Is that going to be the second favourite, do you suspect, or close in the market? Look, look, Louis, he, he, he's a big, strong dumb sort of a horse. He just gets rolling along. <laughs> if you were talking earlier about self-assured being fast, he's Kieran Reed. He's just going to keep coming and rolling along and just going. Not that Kieran Reed's dumb, I shouldn't <laughs> But anyway, you know what I mean. He's just big and strong and, and he's annoying because he just he's just going to get in your way. If he gets to the lead, he's going to be hell hard to beat because he just loves Cambridge. He won the jewels there. Last time he led in a race where self-assured was in it, he beat self-assured. But if he doesn't get to the front, he doesn't have that nippy acceleration. So he's the horse who the barrier draw is really crucial for. Um, he can win the race, but as I said, that barrier draw the Saturday before is going to be hugely detrimental or positive to his chances. To give you an indication, if South Coast Arden draws barrier three, because the mares, the girls, they have to draw the inside two barriers. Barriers one and two go to the girls. 
So the best a male can draw is barrier three. He draws barrier three, he starts $2.80. He draws barrier eight or nine or 10, he starts seven, eight, 10, 11, $12. That's how much of a difference it makes to a horse like him mm. because he has to race on the speed. So, um, yeah, he's a lovely, big, strong horse for a very popular guy in racing called Brent Mangos, but I think he's the horse who the Australians really affect because they'll be a little bit too nippy for him in the early stages. Mick, very, very quickly, speaking of Brent Mangos, this weekend we've got the 2022 Derby at Alex Park, the group won over 2,700 metres, so the three-year-olds are going at it. Akuta, forty at the moment, Beach Bull, 750. Can anyone stop Akuta in the derby? No, he'll win a new pay twenty. So always bet responsibly, but if you're having a multi-bet on the footy or the league <laughs> or anything else this week, take forty for Akuta and just get your extra money and then you can afford another cappuccino. Or if you're the other way inclined, if you like your drink slightly <laughs> different, you can afford one of those next week as well. But Akuta will be winning the derby at Alexandra Park on Friday night, lads. When it comes to sporting dairying, horticulture, equine, sheep and beef, hydrofloat, lead from the punt, that's Mickey G, Michael Guerin. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.